prologue to a mirror of shalott this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by david wales a mirror of shalott by robert hugh benson prologue i maintain said monsignor with a brisk air of aggressiveness and holding his pipe a moment from his mouth i maintain that agnosticism is the only reasonable position in these matters your common agnostic is no agnostic at all he is the most dogmatic of sectarians he declares that such things do not happen or that they can be explained always on a materialistic basis now your catholic father bianchi bristled and rolled his black eyes fiercely if he had had a moustache he would have twirled it we were sitting in the upstairs sala of the presbytery attached to the canadian church of san filippo in rome it had been a large comfortless room stone floored stone walled and plastered ceilings but it had been made possible by numerous rugs a number of armchairs and an english fireplace above in the cold plaster dingy flesh-coloured gods and nymphs attempted to lounge on cotton clouds with studied ease looking down dispiritedly upon seven priests and myself a layman who sat in a shallow semicircle round the red logs in seventy one the house had fallen into secular hands whence issued the gods and nymphs but in ninety seven the church had come by her own again and had not yet banished olympus there was no need to annihilate the conquered in the centre sat the father rector a placid old man and round about him were the rest of us monsignor maxwell a french priest an english an italian a canadian a german and myself this was five years ago i do not know where these people are now one i think is in heaven two i should suppose in purgatory four on earth in spite of my feelings towards padre bianchi i should assign him to purgatory he made a good death two years later in the naples epidemic we had begun at supper by discussing modern miracles the second nocturne had furnished the text to the mouth of monsignor and we had passed on by natural channels to levitation table-turning family curses ghosts and banshees the italian was sceptical and scornful such things in his opinion did not take place he accepted only the incidents recorded in the lives of the saints i did not mind his scepticism that after all injures no one but the sceptic but scorn and contumely is another matter and i was glad that canon maxwell had taken him in hand for that priest has a shrewd and acrid tongue and wears purple besides round his person and on his buttons so he speaks with authority you have some tale then no doubt monsignor sneered the italian the englishman smiled with tight lips every one has he said briefly even you padre bianchi if you will but tell it the other shook his head indulgently i will swear he said that none here has such a tale at first hand it was father murren's turn to bristle but yes he exclaimed canon maxwell drew on his pipe a moment or two and regarded the fire i have a proposition to make he said father bianchi is right i have one tale and father murren has another with the father rector's permission we will tell our tales one each night 
on sunday two or three of us are supping at the french college so that shall be holiday and by monday night these other gentlemen will no doubt have remembered experiences even father bianchi i believe and mr benson will write them down if he wishes to and make an honest penny or two if he can get any publisher to take the book i hasten to express my approval of the scheme the father rector moved in his chair that will be very amusing monsignor i am entirely in favour of it though i doubt my own capacity i propose that canon maxwell takes the chair then i understand that all will contribute one story said monsignor briskly on those terms there was a chorus of assent one moment monsignor interrupted father brent would it not be worth while to have a short discussion first as to the whole affair i must confess that my own ideas are not clear well said monsignor shortly on what point the younger priest mused a moment it's like this he said half at least of the stories one hears have no point no reason take the ordinary haunted house tale or the appearances at the time of death now what is the good of all that they tell us nothing they don't generally ask for prayers it is just a white woman wringing her hands or a groaning or something at the best one only finds a skeleton behind the panelling now my story if i tell it has absolutely no point at all no point said monsignor you mean that you don't understand the point or that no one does is that it well yes but there's more too how do you square these things with purgatory how can spirits go wandering about and be so futile at the end of it too then why is everything so vague why don't they give us a hint i'm not wanting precise information but a kind of hint of the way things go then the whole thing is mixed up with such childish nonsense look at the spiritualists and the tambourine business and table rapping either those things are true even if they're diabolical and in that case people in the spiritual world seem considerably sillier even than people in this or they're not true and in that case the whole thing is so fraudulent that it seems useless to inquire do you see my point i see about twenty said monsignor and it would take all night to answer them but let me take two firstly i am entirely willing to allow that half the stories one hears are fraudulent or hysterical i am quite ready to allow that but it seems to me that there remains a good many others and if one doesn't accept those to some extent i don't know what becomes of the value of human evidence now one of your points i take it is that even these seem generally quite pointless and useless is that it more or less said father brent well first i would say this it seems perfectly clear that these other stories aren't sent to help our faith or anything like that i don't believe that for one instant we have got all we need in the catholic church and the moral witness and the rest but what i don't understand in your position is this what earthly right have you got to think that they're sent just for your benefit the other demurred i don't he said but i suppose they're sent for somebody's benefit somebody still on earth you mean well yes monsignor leaned forward my dear father how very provincial you are if i may say so here is this exceedingly small earth certainly with a very fair number of people living on it but absolutely a mere fraction of the number of intelligences that are in existence and all about us since we must use that phrase 
is a spiritual world compared with which the present generation is as a family of ants in the middle of london things happen this spiritual world is crammed full of energy and movement and affairs we know practically nothing of it at all except those few main principles which are called the catholic faith nothing else what conceivable right have we to demand that the little glimpses that we seem to get sometimes of the spiritual world are given us for our benefit or information well then why are they given monsignor made a disdainful sound with closed lips my dear father a boy drops a piece of orange peel into the middle of the ants nest one day the ants summon a council at once and sit on it they discuss the lesson that is to be learned from the orange peel they come to the conclusion that buckingham palace must be built entirely of orange peel and that the reason why it was sent to them was that they were to learn that great and important lesson father brent sat up suddenly my dear monsignor you seem to me to strike at the root of revelation if we aren't to deduce things from supernatural incidents why should we believe in our religion monsignor lifted a hand next day there is slid into the ant's nest a box divided into compartments containing exactly that which the ants need for the winter food and so forth the ants hold another parliament two-thirds of them who have determined in the last hour or two to reject the buckingham palace orange peel theory reject this too all is fortuitous they say the orange peel was therefore the box is father brent relapsed smiling that is all right he said i was a fool one-third continued the canon severely came to the not unreasonable conclusion that a box which shows such evident signs of intelligence and of knowledge and care for their circumstances proceeds from an intelligence which wishes them well but there is a further schism half of those who accept revelation remain agnostic about most other things and say frankly that they don't know especially as regards the orange peel the other half rages on about the orange peel some are inclined to think that there was no orange peel it was no more than an hallucination others think that there is some remarkable lesson to be learnt from it and these differ violently as to what the lesson is others again regard it unintelligently and say to one another look a piece of orange peel how very beautiful and important i laughed softly to myself monsignor spoke with such earnestness i would like him to be my advocate if i ever get into trouble and my dear father he went on i take up the first position of those who accept revelation and i acknowledge the fact of the orange peel but really nothing more my religion teaches me that there is a spiritual world of indefinite size and that things not only may but must go on there which have nothing particular to do with me every now and then i get a glimpse of some of these things an orange pip at the very least but i don't immediately demand an explanation it probably isn't deliberately meant for me at all it has something to do with affairs of which i know nothing and which manage to get on quite well without me father brent still smiling protested once more very ingenious monsignor but then why does it happen to happen to you i have not the slightest idea any more than i have the slightest idea why providence made me break a tooth this morning i accept the fact 
i believe that somehow it works into the scheme but i do not for that reason claim to understand it and as for purgatory well i ask you what in the world do we know about purgatory except that there is such a thing and that the souls of the faithful there detained are assisted by our suffrages what conceivable possibility is there that we should understand the details of its management my dear father no one in this world has a greater respect for or confidence in dogmatic theology than myself in fact i may say that it is the only thing which i do have confidence in but i respect the limits which it itself has laid down then you are an agnostic as regards everything but the faith certainly i am well possibly except mathematics too and so is any wise man i have my ideas of course and i make guesses sometimes but i really do not think that they have any value there was silence a moment then there is this too he continued it really is important to remember that the spiritual world exists in another mode from that in which the material world exists that is where the ant simile breaks down it is more as if an ant went to the royal academy of course in the faith we have an adequate and a guaranteed translation of the supernatural into the natural and vice versa and in these ghost stories or whatever we call them we have a certain sort of translation too the real thing whatever it is expresses itself in material terms more or less but in these we have no sort of guarantee that the translation is adequate or that we are adequate to understand it we can try of course but we really don't know therefore it seems to me that in all ghost stories the best thing is to hear it to satisfy ourselves that the evidence is good or bad and then to hold our tongues we don't want to elaborate commentaries on what may be after all an utterly corrupt text but some of them do support the faith put in father brent so much the better then but it is much safer not to lean your weight on them you never can tell now with the faith you can there was another silence then the rector stood up smiling night prayers reverend fathers he said end of prologue